This is The Far Country, Episode 1. I'm Ken Click. I'll be your host and fellow traveler. This first episode, I'll be getting into my goals and intentions. The how, when, where, why, who, all that kind of stuff. A little bit of history, insights, hopefully, that can be gained from what I'm sharing. That's the first half. And then the second half, I actually get into... What realizations that I believe I would have had to have reached for me to find value in the content of this podcast? What I had to accept, what I, how I had to open myself up to what was being said. So, without further ado, here's episode one. Welcome to the Far Country, a podcast about finding our way in life beginnings to a peaceful, healthy place far, far from what we had to be to survive. A place where we can live life and love and accept ourselves just as we were meant to do in the beginning. So I welcome you, fellow travelers. Please sit back, take a deep breath, relax, listen, and enjoy. Welcome to the Far Country. I am your host, Ken Click, and this is the first episode ever of the podcast. So this has taken some effort to get me to this point. I'm grateful that I'm at this point. I think it's necessary. It's needed. It's been a desire I've wanted to share for quite some time. So I guess what we'll talk about today And what I'll share is my why, my how, what, who, and then I guess also some goals and intentions moving forward of the podcast and what I want to do with it. So the first, I guess, is why that I feel the need to do something like this, have a podcast, hopefully a weekly is my goal, and maybe more, where I share. And I guess the best place to start would be where I kind of woke up to what was going on in my life. I was about 12 or 13 what I ended up finding, um, I was <laughs> I snuck into the living room late at night because I couldn't sleep. And uh, I was looking for something interesting to watch on the TV. And, of course, it's one of those big cabinet TVs. This was in the 80s, early 80s. And I'm flipping through, I guess, the five channels that were there. And uh, PBS, I think, was 14 something like that. This is in uh, Fairbone, Ohio. Um, my dad was an, he's an, he's an retired Air Force officer, and we were stationed there. So this is like late at night, and I'm uh, flipping through channels trying to find something to watch. And I come across on the PBS station a show uh, that John Bradshaw did called The Family. And it 
just blew me away. I couldn't get enough of what he was talking about. It was like shining a light on my life to help me know and understand that my gut feelings about something wasn't right was right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, at that point in time, I knew and I could feel I had a lot of work to do. And that it wasn't a quick fix. So, from that point on, here I find myself, oh, <laughs> soon to be 42 years later, a uh, 40-year journey <clears throat> to get to uh, where I am now. And one of the things I told myself at that point is if I could figure this out, not only is it going to help me, but oh my God, um, I could help so many other people. And... Um, so that's that's where it started. And then it just kind of struggling through life as it was. I I kept moving forward and god it was books here meeting different individuals, different belief systems, different relationships, um all all kinds of stuff. So I guess the other part now would be to shift to the how. So how I want to do this in this podcast is I really, really want to keep this secular. I want to keep it simple. The The title of the far country is not a mistake for me because uh, growing up in a violent upbringing, which was physical, mental, and emotional in a lot of ways, um, I, I saw a place of calm, peace as something that was a faraway destination that would take time and effort to reach and maybe by that very <laughs> by that very belief uh, it took me that long I don't know I, I think it was a process um, I think technology and uh, society and maturity and a lot of components came to play to find myself where I am today but uh, the 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 how that's the that I really want to do is I want to keep it simple. I don't want to use buzzwords. I don't want to use any kind of quick fix. Um, I I I want to share my journey, my revelations, my as my grandmother Nana used to say, Ophelia, my my epiphanies. She loved that word, and she used it well. Um, 
I, I really want to have it where, as I said, travelers, this is the far country and we're fellow travelers. Um, if, if you have a similar background to mine or, or don't, which, you know, um, I was shocked when, uh, it was in my second marriage near the end, we went into counseling and, um, we were discussing an issue and, um, my wife at the time, uh, my youngest's uh, mother had made a comment and, um, this energy, this expression came from me and, um, I I don't think I was fully in control of myself or even cognizant of the, it just happened. And, um, the counselor was shocked and I had been going to him, uh, uh, by myself prior to that. But of course I was good at masking and mirroring as, uh, most are when they have, uh, that circumstance, <clears throat> That uh, he he that's when he brought up the PTSD, which for me, growing up, PTSD was the guys that came back from Vietnam. That's what I knew it as. Being a kid, I was born in '68, grew up in the '70s. I mean, uh, the stuff I heard about PTSD was was guys that got shot at or had their buddies blown up in front of them and and stuff like that. I mean, I mean. Pfft. Normal people don't get PTSD. What the hell are you talking about? Kind of thing. And um, so that kind of woke me up to, um, wow, I'm wondering if I'm seeing the whole picture or if I've got some foundational things that are affecting my perspective on how I see this. So what, what will be the the next step um as far as the how like i said i want it clean i want it almost like a i don't want to say a tour guide but essentially i've i've navigator whatever a fellow traveler i've i've i walked this route it was my route i don't know what yours looks like but i've been through the dark forest i know we get to clearings and we think we're in we're at the clearing but it's just a small clearing and then we're back traveling through the dark forest again and then eventually the hope is you break out of the forest you reach that edge of that forest and there's a massive huge meadow the plains the the open country the the far country as i see it you know okay what will i be talking about i'll be talking about books i'll be talking about Counseling modalities, there's a lot, a lot I delved into. I am a researcher. <laughs> I am a researcher. I, I'm also interested in classifications of, of, of diagnosis, of assessments, of all kinds of stuff. I've, I've done all kinds of uh, research, discovery, all kinds of stuff that um that i i would i would like to share some things i just tip my toe dip my toes in as i said uh but other things i i really dug in and and tried to get a greater understanding of it and some of it i've uh, later on 
through either academic circles or or research or or people that just knew I'd find out some things you know weren't as accurate as others. But the 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 one thing about it is, regardless, the process of exposing yourself to a potential truth and reflecting upon it is good for coming to know oneself. And that was a lot of what can lead you and help lead you to a place where you have a foundational, safe place within yourself that you've never had before. That's self-acceptance. That I'm, I'm just now really settling in and getting comfortable with as far as a space, new place I've never been. So who would be, as far as this podcast, will be me, obviously, I'm here. I would love to get the opportunity to interview other people, whether it's professionals, academics, in their fields. I, I'm, I think everybody has something that could be a benefit to understanding more about ourselves as far as the different people that have caught my eye and my ear. <clears throat> so I yeah, that's that's who the who part. We'll have to see how this grows. I'm I'm hoping that I can continue in a way that benefits others that they 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 leave this with more than they came to me with that I can I can help I know as far as the other thing would be the who would probably be talking about the people that were the who's in my life growing up I sound like Dr. Seuss <laughs> yeah my grandfathers I mean they're human they're they're fallible but there's things that they did that really were a godsend to me that I I think would be good to share as well as just other people that I've come to know and got an interaction. So my my goals and intentions really for this um podcast is to get a regular schedule and then also quite honestly to give me an outlet. I've I have I've I've got all this information. I've got all this I don't even I don't want to be I I don't want to say mastery, but I'm I try to stay as humble as I can about this because I I that's well anyways, it, the mastery is is the key thing is mastering oneself, mastering one's knowledge of self and honestly I want to get to a point where I can live very naturally with fluidity flexibility fully present that's that's my goal and in in being that way 
finding others that are in a similar space, place, or or that desire that same thing because it's 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 an ongoing process. I guess that's the other thing is that this is not a lab experiment. This is, you know, in some ways the whole mystics in the modern day that you don't get to go sit on a mountain. You don't get to go. I mean, I guess you could if you wanted to, but or isolate and you know join whatever organization or temple and just go isolate yourself. I could see that as a process leading to a point, but I'm more of inclined to believe it's about finding a place and space to express you and connect with others in such a way that it feeds growth. It feeds each other. There's a limited there's there's a limited resources in this space, <laughs> place, physical, that uh as I tell my youngest, there's finite resources. Your time, attention, energy and effort are are limited resources. And I always understood at a younger age that this was the case. But I I I never really prioritized my time because I always thought, oh, there's another day, you know. Well, that wasn't the case until I got past about 24 years of age. It was interesting. In my younger years, in my teenage years, I started reading a bunch of really cool stuff. After the John Bradshaw episode, I had a friend my junior year who handed me a book, Edgar Casey, The Sleeping Prophet. And I read that, and that kicked me off into a different direction. I somehow got a copy of, through different sources, and have information, the Urantia book, which is a fascinating find. And then, uh, oh God, there was multiple others that led me to kind of in a metaphysical, spiritual way, kind of reach out in the timeline, if you want to call it that, and feel forward as far as who I was and where I was and felt forward. And I could kind of feel stuff moving forward through time from where I was. And then, like, I hit about 24 and it just stopped. And I was like, wow. So it felt like I I wasn't going to live past 24. And it was, it wasn't, it was interesting. It was just kind of an accepted thing. I was like, oh, that's about all I got, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, uh, when I reached 24 and then I got to 25, uh, I, I remembered because it was almost like it was a subconscious programming up to that point. I did some, I was passive suicidal. I'll flat out admit that. There's some crazy ass shit I did. But, uh, But I, at that point, I was like, oh, wow, I, I'm, I'm in the bonus round here. Um, 
there's there's more to life that can be accomplished for me or exp- I want to say accomplished. I don't think I've ever been about accomplishments. I've been about experience and experiences and uh that's played to my advantage and disadvantage a lot of different times in my life where I mean I my my most valuable savings account isn't physical it's it's memories experiences emotional connections i mean that's my saving account that's 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 the only thing you could take with you is is who you are as an individual so i am in a place now where all that looking all that every time it, it all kind of came back to the emotional that you can't think through. And it it was a challenge. It was a challenge. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't, this far country that I I desired, this way of being, I, I just couldn't get it. And I didn't understand why. So, Eventually, I realized, and I kind of realized it back when I was watching that Bradshaw, there was a part of me that knew it, was there was stuff that I couldn't put into words, as I guess one way to put it. But And, and the reason I think I couldn't put it into words is because um, it was experience as I had that when I was uh, pre-verbal or early early childhood where I didn't have the cognizance, the mental acuity to understand the context and the meanings of the subtleties of some of the words and phrasing that was being done to me as far as the things that were being said to me at that point in time. And that's hard to try to think through that and put it into words because there aren't any words. And it's foundational. Oh, my God. It is, it is a foundational body. It's part of, of, of how your body grew and developed that is, in some ways, hardwired. So... Getting into a space and place where you can delve, and that's the difficult thing about it. It's the water in the fishbowl, you know. I mean, it's 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 something that it it gets back to identity, who you believe yourself to be. But also, the other part about it is, is who do you want to be? And um, this is the whole shamanic death. I mean, we can wax romantic about that. And there's all kinds of things similar to that, that is a symbolic change and a rebirth of who you are. Um, The big thing is navigating it. And for those that, that have experienced the PTSD, CPSD, which is the complex PTSD, a lot of times... It it's you're you're too 
you're you're you formed and developed in such a way that you work against yourself that that, that it's it's difficult it's man it's like trying to fix a wagon as a horse pulls it down the road i mean it's who yeah yeah so for the first podcast I wanted to be sure that I covered all that information about what I wanted to do for the podcast moving forward. So now let's shift gears. And I think an important aspect to discuss is how can you come to this podcast in a way that it will bring value to you? And a lot of it for me, if reflecting on this, that I would see it is there would be a realization that things weren't what they appear to be as far as my childhood, my past, my background, and the effects that they had on me moving forward in my life. Okay, welcome back after the little break we had. I guess the big thing for me that I want to start with is in order for any of this to be of benefit, you have to be in a place, I know I did, that I accepted that what I went through wasn't normal because at that point in time in my life, when he brought up, the counselor said that uh, you you seem to have you have PTSD, and he kind of asked me, and I was like, um, uh, I was shocked. I I kind of didn't know what to say. Uh, needless to say, the second marriage uh, was dissolved, divorced, the whole nine yards, and that's another part of my journey. And then I really started looking at things. Part of the process was cutting ties with one of my caretakers, which was my mother at the time. And um, quite honestly, well, not at that point in time, it was later. It was after the divorce, much later. Yeah, it was October 17th, 2020. Yeah, I believe is what it was, is when I, I was polite about it. I clarified and I told her that I think it would be more healthy for me to step away and have a space and uh, no longer be in contact because there was some things that I needed to address some process. Now, and this is many years after the the counseling session. Oh my God! But and and the and the and the thing about it is, was I have a twin sister and I have a brother that's four years younger, and. Th- they both at different points in their lives in the past had already taken that step with her for their own well-being. And for my sister, it was also for the well-being of her son, where I had not. I I had stayed in very close contact with her 
and I see now was not a healthy way for me in this goal that I had of moving forward and getting into a healthy place because my experience of her and if I were to continue to carry on as she carries on her own life, trying to be respectful here, that it would not be healthy for me. And I have my own opinions about it. And I I honestly don't think it's a healthy way of how she's conducted her life. But that's her choice. And I'm, I'm no longer... <laughs> I'm no longer responsible for that outcome. I I I realize that. So once I was able to set that boundary and cut that connection, it's taken some years to admit just how unnormal my quote-unquote normal childhood was. Now, this is not to demonize anybody. This is not to make myself out to be a victim or anything else because that's the last thing I wanted to do. When he said PTSD, I was like, I'm not that. I'm fine. I mean, so I guess the, the, the big thing is being able to see things as they are and admit where you're at and really honestly what what your upbringing left you with. As far as your your uns your your unconscious identity, your unspoken identity of what is who you are that you struggle with. So for me, just to give a kind of background, um, it's funny how life repeats itself. There's a lot of things that happened in my life that were the experiences of my own parents. Um, uh, we didn't, it was always kind of suspected, at least I suspected in a way, but it was, was kind of, ver- she verified it. She, she's in her seventies now. She let it go that it was an unplanned having us, my, myself and my twin sister. And they got married by that, for that reason. I've, I've had discussions with my twin sister and my brother regarding this, especially since I cut ties with my mom. I've been able to reconnect with them. It was interesting how there can be camps within a family. So essentially, I, I got accepted into the the other side of the camp. So talking with my brother and sister have helped me understand different perspectives and allowed me to accept the judgment of what I experienced as normal, quote unquote, that I was seeing as my childhood experience. Is oh, that's just the way life is. That's just the way parents are. To understand and realize, no, that's not the way. I, I mean, the big, big one, I guess, would be the uh, the clarity. I think my twin asked the twin asked me the question, and one of the discussions that we were having was, I mean, would you do that? I'm like, wow, no, well, well. <laughs> No, I would not do that. And that was like, I guess, a big, big thing is raising children of my own. And 
then looking back at my life and my experiences, and a lot of it's being being able to remember it. My twin doesn't remember, um, I'd probably say 90 plus percent of her childhood. She just, she says, I, I think I blocked it out. I mean, it's just, it was, and, and it was, it was hard. It was really hard. So to, to, to give more insight, my, my parents end up getting married because of they're pregnant. Yay. And it's my twin sister and I, my dad was, uh, teaching at a university. Well, actually he's doing his master's, pardon me. And I don't know if he was teaching at the time, but he's doing his master's in, at the university. And this was in 68 is when we were born. So it was just after that. And the draft was for Vietnam was active. And he had come up on the draft board a couple of times beforehand, but because of his circumstance, they'd passed him over. Well, he was going to be coming up a third time. And at this point, there was a realization that he wasn't going to get passed over. So he went to the closest Air Force base at that point in time because he had a choice of either doing that or find himself with uh, M16 and a rice paddy. So he chose with his uh, degree, which was in computer science, to uh, go to the Air Force. And so that's how he ended up in the Air Force. And when my mom, mom married him, he was not on that track. He was on a different track professionally. Shortly after, they find themselves 13, well, actually, it's more than that, 15, 16 hours away from home. And she's on a base all by herself with twins. And then shortly after, four years after us, my, my, my younger brother came along. And then my dad is focusing on his career and trying to make sure he's taking care of everything as best as he could. And again, this is the guy, I mean, he, he this is not on his plans. This is not in his plans at all. And I know how this feels because quite honestly, like I said, history repeats itself. That was the circumstance of my first marriage, that it wasn't planned and it, it was a, a different experience. My daughter and son, my two oldest, are 13 and a half months apart. So I have Irish twins where my mom legitimately had fraternal twins. So as a 24, she had us. So 25-year-old, 26-year-old, whatever, mid-20s, finding herself isolated and in a different part of the country there were a lot of things that happened in her interactions with us that were frustrations, that were venting, that, I mean, we don't know, that in different ways were violent, whether they were physically or whether they were verbally. But the other thing that a lot of people need to realize is that even if it was just verbal, the the spitting of venom, the venomous yelling at a child and remarking at a child at that point in time when you don't have the, the competency and the mastery of the language to understand the words that are at coming at you, or even then as you're slightly older, as you're getting up into five, six, seven years old, 
that you, there, you don't have the mental acuity to understand the nuances of some of the meanings of what's being said to you in that moment, especially if if it's just this barrage of yelling and screaming at you, that it's as much of a physical attack as it is a verbal, intellectual, word-meaning attack, if that makes sense. So... The same can be said about, of course, the obvious physical stuff. My mom was frustrated. I could, well, at least my experience in that point in time. And, and a lot of that has, been, has had the courage to do the deep dive meditation, getting in a, a quiet place and touching those feelings in the body, which is part of the body awareness and some of the modalities of body scanning, where you're finding yourself in a quiet place and going through your body and and, and seeing where there's tightness, where there's, and, and exploring them, exploring the feelings. And it, it's challenging. It's very challenging. So that's part of what I needed to admit to myself at that point in time for me to make any progress was to admit that, Hey, there was something wrong. This isn't normal, (laughs) but it was, it's always kind of like, Oh man, that's no big deal. Everybody goes through that. I remember getting my butt whooped with a belt on a regular basis where I was, I'd end up dancing around in a circle and God forbid you put your hand back there because you, you, your, your hand's going to get hit and you get yelled at that you're not supposed to do that. You know, that's your own fault. Protecting yourself from harm and getting hurt is your own fault. There's so much, so many layers, so many things. And for me, that's what was, that's how it was caged, framed, was... Any of those times that it, it was, it, the reason it happened was because it was what we did. It was our fault that this happened, that it's as necessary that I have to do this because of what you did. And it, it's, 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 it goes back, Gabor Mate has a thing about trauma and PTSD. And it is, you know, it's it's not the fact that the trauma happened. There's a lot of traumatic experience people have in life. It's not that. It What it is is the fact that there's no comfort after the trauma. That you're not comforted as a child, as a baby. This was back in the late 60s. And I'm sure my mom had Dr. Spock's book on children and all this other shit where they were talking about, you know, leave the baby crying, which now they show and have proven that that's not the right thing to do. (laughs) That is not the right thing to do because whatever's happening is a traumatic experience and they need comfort. And I, I know I made mistakes in that regard with my parenting, partly because the partner at the time felt that that was necessary, that that was part of it, that the toughen them up kind of thing, which is, is really not the case. 
it's really not the case. So there's there's been a lot of abusive habits and 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 ways of of parenting, leading that are abusive. The thing about it is that a lot of them are abusive in subtle ways that I mean I guess it could be akin to what's been deemed the microaggressions and and, and different and micro pro, pro, prejudice that certain people are oblivious to and others are more sensitive and aware to it's 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 a perspective and a frame of mind that I got to the point where I started going okay let me really take a close look at how this felt remembering these things and then allowing myself to really feel into it and understand my sister would hide and she she all she wanted for me to do was just to shut up because i would stand up i wouldn't stand up to my mother i would stand up to my parents because something in me knew this wasn't right there this isn't right you aren't being who you're meant to be in this regard i i knew it at a very young age i i just it was I just couldn't understand it. I didn't know how to put it to words, but I sure as hell wasn't going to go along with it, which made me a target. So feeling into those things, I know how it feels and sounds to be shaken repeatedly. I can't say for early, early small, small baby child, but three, four, five years old, being shook to the point where you, I, I know what it sounds like. I know what it feels like. And the first time I really touched into that, oh my God, it, it was, I was sobbing. I, I, I was like, could I do that? Would I do that to my children? And I'm like, hell no. I never would have. I, 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 I would never do that. But it was a regular thing. My mom, even all the way up into adulthood, she she would there's a comment she would make that you frustrated you annoyed me you did this so much i could shake you till your teeth rattled well she knew exactly what that was because she used to do it to us or at least to me i don't know if she did it to my twin my sister or my younger brother that much but sure as hell did it to me i mean there's that there's grabbing me by the forearm and squeezing so hard i felt the bones in my forearm flexing together it was god it was painful because we were in public and we were probably at the bx on base or something and i was not behaving the way i was supposed to be because the rule was the children were to be seen and not heard and i think a lot of it was a need a need that i wasn't a compassion a lovingness that my mother wasn't capable of giving but because of because of her background uh, from her her upbringing, how how she chose to experience life, that was part of it. She, oh God, I mean, it was just yeah, there was physical and verbal abuse on a regular basis growing up at her hands. The physical stopped when I got big enough that there was a potential backlash that could happen and then she shifted to the more psychological friend 
manipulation, the subtleties that a child could not see for what it was. And my sister got away because my mother betrayed her trust. And maybe one time I'll, hopefully at some point I'll have my twin on and we can, we can discuss that as well. And then my brother was, well, he was, he was four years younger. He was the third child. He was, in my, in my experience, he was more accepted as a child of the marriage than myself. My twin being a, a, a girl, my dad was was more open and connected to her, but it, also she was in conflict with my mother. Me, I, essentially, my dad didn't want anything to do with me, is what it felt like growing up. I got pushed away a lot. I, I was more trouble than I was worth. And uh, the only time I really had interactions with him was when my mom sicked him on me with a belt. So, and then the other, if they call it activities, play stuff, through my childhood, I could count it on one hand and not fill my hand. But again, out of respect for him, this is not what he signed up for. <laughs> and, you know, he's doing the best he could, being an officer in the Air Force and the field and the and the stations he was doing that he was on TDY a lot. There was a lot required of him, a lot asked of him. And he was gone majority of the time, which only added to the frustration, I'm sure, of my mother, which complicated their relationship. So she didn't have a social network to support her in that regard. So for me, I guess looking back, and of course with this, there's so much. Maybe I'll do episodes where I kind of break things down. But I I don't mind sharing my story. But honestly, I don't want the podcast to be just about my story. If it adds value to somebody else that can say, oh my God, I can remember that happening. I just kind of accepted it as part of life as part of a kid, and that's just how you got disciplined. That's old school discipline, and I'm better for it. Well, I mean, if you had the resiliency or there was you were comforted, as Gabor mentions, in a way where you were able to heal and resolve where it did not become a embedded trauma, that was part of became who you the unspoken unconscious part of your identity of how you viewed and experienced the world then more power to you but if it does have those implications for you where me sharing it I'm I'm more than willing to do that I'm open to feedback from others that would want to share or ask questions And I would do my best to give you the information that could help you. So I guess the big thing about it would be for, at this point, for your homework, if we're going to do homework, well, not, we can make this part of it, is take a look at it. For this podcast, in my mind, and I may be completely off base, for my mind, for anything I discuss, there has to be an an admission within... Uh, the listener that, hey, this is valid because 
this is this is what happened to me. And oh my God, okay. And it's a rabbit hole to go down. It's it's dark. Because it's the foundational part of your development. I don't know how much has really been studied about preverbal and the the precognizant, you know, prior. I'm sure there's plenty of research as far as development and stuff, but as far as Abuse at that point in time, physical, well, like I said, physical or mental, emotional, but I mean, essentially at that point in time, at least for me, I'm kinesthetic. So everything's feeling for me. My Enneagram is four. <laughs> I mean, I could, oh my God, don't even go, I go all through that. A ENFP and, you know, my, my horoscope is, uh, what is it? Capricorn, Taurus, Taurus, as far as sun, moon, and rising, and then there's the 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 human model. Uh, there's another thing there. I mean, it's just there's so much. And then the big five, huh? The big five personality test. And oh, it'd be great to get Christy on here to talk about that, my twin, because that's a lot of what she did for her well, to share about her. She's she did her master's, bachelor's, master's, and PhD in family and child development, and then was a college professor for few decades teaching it at the university level even back during her master's and if I remember correctly she can correct me even during her master's and her PhD was a big component was a big five and so my big five pretty much every single damn thing in mine is in the 90 percentile and above I think my neuroticism is 78 or something i'm (laughs) i'm quite interesting in that regard but anyways so homework i guess would be what do you see as normal that you've just kind of glossed over and accepted as part of your identity that you could look at and go hey wait a minute would i do that to my kid Do I think if I saw my kids doing that or if I saw kids experiencing that, would I feel that's normal? And for me, it was I I didn't want it to be about blame. It's the circumstance. It's what happened. My thing is, what can I do? I don't want to say to fix it. What can I do to get this back to a healthy place? For me from my experience because quite honestly that's all i have is my experience is my awareness period and that's part of my belief system that's quite a journey right there spiritually is i'm non-dualist now um, i'm pretty much in the non-dualism and there's smatterings of different things in there kind of what i and I'll do this, and what I want to do with this is the podcast, is it's kind of like a Ricky Gervais, his whole thing with, oh God, who was he talking to? I can't remember who he was talking to, but the whole thing, I think it was a TV show, night, late night TV show, and he was, the whole thing of why he's an atheist, and the whole thing about science and the Bible, and that if uh, all the scientific documentation and, and all the all the holy books were all burned and destroyed, the science would at least the the science could be rediscovered 
but all the the holy books and everything that was written and that once they're gone they're gone there's there's nothing that would and this is his saying there's nothing that would bring them back now for me i think there's some truths to spiritual truths if you want to call them that to living that one discovers and can rediscover the same way that there's scientific laws and information. So, and and that's why I want to do something that's more secular. And, and you can call it a science if you want it. That's where I want to do, because there's so many things that can pull you off the path that is dogma, that is belief, different belief that can 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 get you off the path to as I like to refer to the far country because I ex- honestly I've experienced it myself there's there's ways and there's means of and a lot of people can and this is cool because a lot of people can experience it now and it's become a, a, a very common thing is the dopamine rush from a social media and getting likes and getting all like that. There's a lot of things that are spiritual endeavors, especially in societal groups that you get into, and I'm not dismissing any of them, but that essentially play that role that is a dopamine rush, that just hitting your, you're hitting your happy buttons. And it's not getting to the core of the problem that is affecting your quality of life experience the experience yeah the quality of your experience of life you as an awareness experiencing life and the quality of that experience anything that isn't that awareness is part of your experience that came from something and is going towards something it's everything it's it's everything your body your thoughts your feelings if you can be aware of it it's not you and that's a lot and that's intimidating that is a lot so a good deal of it and this is another thing you can get sidetracked is in the process of cleaning up you can get Stuck and anybody that's had a house that they've had to clean up and it's a mess and there's all this stuff knows just how difficult that is. Clutter and everything else. I mean, I honestly was it three years ago. I hired she was great, she was awesome. We did like four or five weekends and she came in and I would last for maybe two or three hours and then I would hit a wall and she could tell it was a great, awesome woman. She had her master's degree. In counseling, she did this home organization and decluttering business. She was awesome. She was amazing. And she helped me move through a lot of things because I was the memory collector for my family. That was kind of my job. That as far as my mother coming from my mother's side, because my twin sister had it. But she was more about archiving information, where I was more about actual physical things, which can get out of hand quick. So, to wrap this up, because we're getting close to the end of the hour, 
I hope I can, in sharing my experience and my insights and my thoughts about life and my process, I hope I can shine some light. I can be someone walking with a lantern ahead on the trail, or at least I can give you a map for how to navigate certain areas. Oh my God, I just had other things pop into my head about how, to, how the, the, the grieving process. I mean, just all number of things. Given what my mom did and, and who she has been in my life, she did a lot of good in this world. And in her own way, she tries her best to do good in this world now. I, I was exposed to a lot of different things that are good that I can also share as my experience. So, as we are at the end of this hour, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it if you've gotten this far. I hope that I'm not rambling too much, but, you know, I thought that's really what podcasts were about, that as long as there's information to be to be gained, I guess I should say, and I, I very much appreciate it. Please give any kind of feedback, any insight, any requests. If you have questions, if there's certain things you want to know, please let me know. Um, I will be posting episodes. My goal is to post one a week starting on Sunday. And uh, I, I, again, want to thank you so much. And if you could like and subscribe, I would very much appreciate it. That way you can see when I when I got a new episode up. Plus, it's it's great and it's awesome. I've, I've, I've experienced this on other social media to see it and go, okay, I've got accountability here. I've got somebody who wants to listen and I'm more than willing to talk. <laughs> so thank you so, so much again. I am very grateful if you've gotten to this point and I look forward to talking again and this is the far country <laughs>